0: Gets them inside, 50. Big pack flies. Bombers stay
1: down. The sub to Lulee.
2: Welcome to Centre Square Podcast for this grand final edition here on SportFM 91.3, your football headquarters. I'm Bray Loveridge and on today's show we have Callan Levitt, Ethan Roth and Luca Vinning on the desk to preview a big grand final edition of the 2019 uh, Toyota AFL Premiership season. Of course with big segments in strife, the quiz show and the Q&A. Ethan, how are we? Yeah, good, Bray. It's good to be back here um, for grand final week. Looking forward to it. So, yeah. Cal, how are you?
0: Yeah, it's good to be back after a couple of weeks off and, um, yeah, looking forward to today's show.
2: Yeah. So, obviously, big uh, grand final edition today. Um, On my left, I have South Fremantle Premiership player in 2009, South Fremantle leading goal kicker in 2011 and 2015. He was the pick 29 in the 2012 rookie draft and with 16 games to Eston. From 2012 to 2014, kicking 16 goals. Corey Delolio, how are we, Corey?
3: Good, thank you. It's an honour to be
1: on today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you're going to join a wide variety of uh, guests on the special guest football. Yeah. So We've been chasing um, you for a while now, so it's good to be good to get you on. Yeah,
3: there's been a few DMs. I know you slid yeah. in very early, but um, <laughs> it's good to be on now. Yeah. yeah. So
1: growing, um, the Sport FM studio is pretty close to Fremantle, actually. So um, growing up in the Fremantle area and going to school around here. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there a bit of a connection to Fremantle with you, now playing at South Fremantle as well?
3: Yeah, there is, yeah. So I grew up around locally around um your sort of Kuji Way and then um Went to school at CBC and then obviously played my footy through at South Fremantle from sort of you know from the Colts age, um, you know until I sort of got drafted and then obviously returned, um, you know at the end of twenty fourteen. So um, always had a strong Fremantle connection and, and and now and I still work in Fremantle as well. So I actually haven't left unfortunately. Oh
1: <laughs> yeah. So
2: um, you said that you obviously grew up around this area. Mm-hmm. How was balancing school and footy? And did, were you always talented, or was it did you have to work really hard to um, reach that top level?
3: Um. Yeah it was it was tough it was it was a long time ago but um yeah it was definitely tough back then to try and balance it all um you know sort of Footy um, school, and then I was, and then I actually I finished in the end of year eleven, and went and did work for a while as well. So um, balancing that, um, but as a young kid, I think you just sort of get used to it, and um, you know you're sort of happy with any of those challenges because you enjoy playing footy so much. So um, it's never any, um, a chore at all, or anything like that, and um, more of good fun and something you're so excited to do. Um, at by the end of the day.
1: And was there any stage in your career that you sort of thought you had a chance of playing um, football at the highest level?
3: Uh, you, to be honest, not really. I didn't think um, it was something that was achievable, or something I even really strived for early on. Uh, especially my sort of uh, underage years, and um, coming through my Colts, and then through sort of my first couple of years at senior level footy. Uh, and then uh, sort of my third year at senior level um, at South Fremantle, which was 2011. I ended up having a pretty good season, and as sort of the year went on, it. Sort of come to me that it was it was an opportunity to play AFL and um, obviously that was um, interested me and by the end of the year you know it sort of come to fruition which was nice but uh, it wasn't something that I sort of probably strived for early on but then you know as, as time went on it was something I, I was really excited for.
1: Oh, cool.
0: So you were obviously part of the successful South Fremantle side back in two thousand eight two thousand nine. Can you talk us through that and the two thousand nine premiership? Um, as a young player at only 18, 19 years old?
3: Yeah, so, um, yeah, was 2009 was my first full year um, playing league footy. I played a couple of games as a Colt um, in, 20, in 28. And um, that 2009 team, we, um, we recruited Peter Bell and Jeff Farmer, and we had a lot of senior players there, like um, sort of Andrew Seagate, Scott Thornton, um, Sam Hunt, to name a few. And it was a very strong senior team and sort of only... Myself and a couple of other young guys were, were getting a game at that stage and uh, were quite dominant throughout the year and um, sort of had Subiaco as our main um, opposition, which is, nothing's really changed, obviously, the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. And um, it, was a, you know, it was a great year, but as a young kid, you know, I was just fighting every week to stay in the team and you know it was week by week sort of uh, proposition and luckily enough, by the time the end of the season came, I was still in, which was nice, um, Only I got dropped in the middle, middle of the year for a couple of weeks, but... Got myself back in and then uh, stayed in and had a really good first final which um probably saved saved me from um you know not missing out on grand final day and and got there for grand final day and we had a, we had a good win which was something i sort of you know cherish and still one of my career highlights yeah.
2: so yeah two years on from that in 2011 you kicked 55 goals to win the leading goal kicker the first leading goal kicker award that you got um you really grabbed afl scouts and selectors attention What i suppose what was the reasoning behind the breakout year and um getting picked up by such a big melbourne club in essendon having to pack your bags and transition over there
3: um yeah good question i um probably plotted through a couple of my first years at, well even like my Colts years and then uh, a couple years at south and um the addition in 2011 of uh paul hazelby to the footy club was something that sort of um you know, really good for me, and he sort of took me under. Um, he took me under his wing a little bit there in the preseason, and um, you know, we, we did a lot of work together, and he got me really fit, and just sort of worked on little aspects of my game that I didn't sort of think about too much um, beforehand. And um, you know, we had a big pre-season that year, and um, and you know, then I, I started the season really well, and it sort of eventuated from there. And you know, just little things like you know, extra pressure and things like that as a small forward. Um, you know crucial these days and you're not really looked at unless you do have those sort of aspects as a um, small forward so you know I did all that and obviously got um, you know some runs on the board with some good games and then um, yeah some there's some interest coming my way um, you know through the middle of the year.
1: And how did you find um, the transition over to Melbourne and just p- picking up everything and heading over to a big club like Essendon how was that?
3: Uh, yeah it was uh, it was obviously real exciting at first uh, to, to do that and yeah, it's quite funny. You Literally, uh, one day I was at work and the next day I was, um, you know, packing my bags and I was moving across the uh, countryside, you know, with no sort of notice at all. And and that um, is tough in a way. And, and, you know, at first it's quite easy to sort of you know, have that excitement. And then by the time it all sort of sets in, you realise you're, um, you're leaving your family, friends, you know, your work and everything of your life to, to move across the countryside and, and sort of start a brand new life. So... It was scary um but you know it was a great bunch of boys over in melbourne and a lot of wa boys so it sort of made the transition a little bit easier and yeah. and they sort of you could re- relate to a lot as well yeah
2: so was it did you have to gain the respect of the players like was it a hard thing to do and um who was it who are your real mates there and mentors trying to get up to the afl standard
3: yeah uh, yeah you definitely have to gain the respect of you know everyone at the footy club from you know from the top down and um You know, when I first moved over there, as I said, there was a lot of WA boys and become good friends with, um, and those guys quite quickly, just through like sort of growing close to them. And I moved over with Brendan Lee, who was um, East Perth captain at the time, and we got drafted together. And then, um, you know, myself, him, Travis Collier, Dave Myers, uh, were really good friends through being, you know, the WA sort of, um, you know, group as well. And then I also become really good friends with Michael Hibbert and Michael Hurley and and still really close with all of them, you know, today.
0: Um, as you're in this situation a few times during your career, what was it like being the sub in a few games, um, coming on in the second half with minimal game time, and do you reckon it was good to take it out of the game, the sub?
3: Yeah, um, funny old rule that, isn't it? And, um, it was funny, I only got the yellow, uh, the green vest, not the red one, so it was a little sort of thank God sort of moment for me. I was dreading that um, red vest a few times, but it never come my way, thank God. I know a couple other boys have got the red vest, and it's one of the most hated things, yeah. you know. Um, but i don't know it was it was a bit it was a bit bizarre you know you sort of sit on the bench and just sort of watch the game unfold for two quarters three quarters and then come on um one i think one game i got on start of the second quarter or even just before um quarter time which was um you know just through an injury but the rest of them were all sort of midway through the third quarter i think i did it about probably six or seven times maybe a little more and you got used to it so it wasn't too bad i ended up always having a little bit of an impact so it sort of made the role a little bit better but the issue was i will drop you the next week because you had no game fitness, which was it was a bit of a catch-22. Uh, but the probably worst part of the game was when you started as a um, normal player, then if you weren't having a kick and it was sort of halfway through the third quarter, all you were doing was looking over at the uh, interchange bench, waiting for the yeah. um, red vest to yeah. come out. And I could tell you every player was just literally worried about that and you know, if they are going to be um, subbed off. Luckily, somehow, I escaped a red vest. I'm still not yeah. sure how, but it, it didn't happen.
2: I think it's good that they've gotten rid of that rule for a Def- couple of years now. So definitely. Yeah, there's no hurt in getting that extra play on the bench
1: full game time. So no, absolutely. With it. Completely agree. And do you have to prepare yourself um, a little bit differently mentally um, to be able to fill in that spot um, like compared to in the starting lineup?
3: Yeah, you probably... Yeah, it was my first two games were both of the subs, so there was nothing to sort of compare it with. Yeah. But... Um, you know, you've got that sort of mindset where you don't need to be sort of flat out in the warm-up. You can just sort of get by, and um, you know, and then because you know you're just going to sit down at least for a uh, you know, minimum half hour. So it's a little bit different, and probably the more times I did it, the better I accustomised um, to it and um, and probably found my way a little bit with it. But it's not the easiest role when it was, yeah. No no one enjoyed it, so it's, it's pretty good it's gone, I think.
1: Yeah, well, I guess you go from... Um you know, sitting on the bench for a long time, and then when you're on, you've got to have um,
3: maximum impact, in, and y- you've, you've, you've only got to a be qu- on at 100. percent Yeah, so. you've only got a quarter to sort of yeah. have you know, a, a big impact in the game, and and you know, if you don't, you, you know, you, you pretty much know you're not playing the next week either. So it's a um, yeah, it's a hard one to sort of yeah. uh, knuckle down. But you know, if you can sort of kick a goal or just get a few kicks or something like that, it always sort of you know at least puts you in good stead for next week. Yeah, a little bit like the Gatorade game changer in the AFL. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh yeah. Um. So obviously, being part of the controversial Asada scandal that happened in 2012, it would have been extremely tough for any part of, um, the, all the part of the club. Um, do you feel hard done by, and how do you feel towards the criticism and I suppose hate at the time to coach James heard and do you agree that Joe Watson should have his Brown the Medal stripped?
3: Uh. Yeah. Well. First of all, it was obviously a tough time for everyone involved at the club. Um it you know it lingered on for a long time and that was probably the worst part about it it wasn't you know obviously the the drama has its own story and you know that was tough as well but um i think the biggest issue for everyone you know was how long it did drag on for and you know i moved back home and still in 2016 you know i think that's when our final verdict come down so four years later um you know it was such a long time it had had such a big impact on you know every one of our lives um, for such you know for, s- for such a long period. So um, you know that was that was tough to deal with at times. Um, you know the club and everyone involved were really good and we become a sort of strong unit because of you know what we we're going through and it yeah. was you know really tough to sort of you know branch out. But you know we had ourselves to sort of look after each other, which was really good and you know we become really close friends through through all that. But um, Answering your second question I don't you know well first of all Hurdy you know he yeah, definitely copped some um, criticism and I think some of it is unfair he's, he's a really nice caring guy who um, did a lot for me you know yeah. with, and my career and um, you know and that doesn't include just football wise you know off field as well he was a very caring person about what you're doing from day to day and um, you know still to this day I don't know the behind the back stories about it all but yeah, and who initiated what um, but Hurdy had to sort of you know listen to his advice and you know do the way that he went about things and you know that wasn't um received so well by some of the media and yeah and he obviously got his whack there at the end as well like we all did so um i think we all got the penalty and you know everyone's moved on and i think heard heard he deserves you know another chance or something like that and all should be forgiven in a sense because you know if the players and everyone can move on which i think most have um you know there's no doubt the public should as well so um you know, without going into too far, you know, I definitely think Hurdy deserves another chance and he's yeah. a very, very genuine guy as well. Yeah. So and you know, and with Job, you know, reiterate that even more, you know, he definitely deserves his Brownlow still, you know. Um, you know, that's that was probably one of the tougher things to see, you know, and that sort of you know, that really hurt everyone at the club, not just Job, but but you know, that was such a flow and effect and um, to see a guy like Job um, you know, go through what he did. You know, along with Hurdy, it was really sad. And um, you know, I know that sort of changed you know them for a, yeah. for a long time. And you know, like it has with every, everyone. So, um, you know, for me personally, you know, knowing Joe, you know, on a personal level, you know, I think he should still have his brown brownie. But I can see why people think otherwise. Anyway. Yeah.
0: So, um, being listed at the end of 2014 after kicking 16 goals and averaging a goal a game, many thought you were unlucky. How do you look back on your AFL career and? As a whole,
3: do you feel like you had plenty more left to offer at the club? Um, yeah, I prob- at level? yeah, I probably knew it was coming to be honest. Um, yeah, I said I played sixteen games. Played a, I think I played eight or nine in my first year, then a sort of a few each couple of years after that. But I probably never took a game um, really well and played a really strong game to sort of cement my spot in the team. I was always sort of had played a couple of games or three or four and then um, was back in, back out type things. So um you know halfway through 2016 i had no contract coming up and i knew you know one wasn't coming and the writing was kind of on the wall there and i sort of you know had in my mind you know that that was the case and um prepared for that really and um you know yeah i probably had probably thought i would a little bit more you know to offer or a bit more to offer but um you know i sort of understood their decision and um and you know the afl club was willing to you know put forward a deal or anything for me so you know I moved back to Perth and, you know, continued my Waffle career, which, you know, was obviously disappointing, but, oh, yeah, I was fine with it as well.
2: Yeah. So, obviously, coming back to the Waffle with your beloved Bulldogs, I believe, yeah, you obviously had to miss the 2016 season as part of, as part of the ban, but um, how was coming back to the place that sort of uh, started things for you? And Because um, your boys did win a few prelims, but couldn't much. Quite make it to the grand final, losing a few in a row.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. So I came back and played out a year in 2015, and, um, and that was um, we struggled. We struggled a little bit that year. We, I don't even, we didn't make finals, and then 2016 we, um, was the year I got suspended. So I think it was yep. in early January. Um, found out I wasn't going to be able to play, and um, then they ended up having a really strong year and, and did make that first prelim of you know sort of four in a row that they're on at the moment. And um, yeah, it was it was a tough. It was probably a tough first six months, you know, because I'd pre- fully prepared to play um, yep. senior footy, and then to get sort of that call that we weren't really expecting, to be honest, um, was hard to take. And um, we'd just done a two-kilometre uh, time trial the night before as well, and for some stupid reason I did that, and then um, you know I had to find out that next morning I wasn't playing, so I couldn't believe I had to um, run run that the night before, but. Um, you know, After that sort of six months had gone by, we um, like, I sort of got used to the fact that I wasn't playing and I was just you know, happy for everyone involved at the club that they were going well and, and was pretty excited about returning the year after, and which I did.
1: Yep. Yeah, so um, finishing up at the Bulldogs last year, um, you're now playing a bit of Amos footy mm-hmm. at uh, Curtin Wesley University in the B grade. Um, you won the flag this year and kicked 50 plus goals um, with a couple of ex-other South Fremantle teammates. Um is this what you want to do for the um you know remainder of your career or do you um think you'll get back on a waffle list? no
3: nah, no nah, that's yeah I think my waffle days are definitely done I sort of had a few little sort of um knee injuries and things like that it was sort of just lingering around and i was, you know at the end of last season I sort of had to have an option of maybe having a surgery and then which would you know get me up to playing you know, at a waffle standard but I wasn't saying I was sort of too interested in and I'd kind of got to the point where I was you know I was Nearly 29, and I was happy to sort of, um, you know, stop with that sort of full time commitment of Waffle Footy because that's, you know, pretty much what it is. You know, without the full time salary, it is a full time, you know, sort of commitment. And, um, you know, I was happy to sort of, um, go and and move on from that which i eventually did and and then yeah joined Curtin wesley um you know with about six ex-teammates which was uh pretty exciting and um something i've had so much fun with and it's been a great year you know not just in terms of winning and things like that but uh playing with some really good friends and um some people i've known for a long time it's been uh really rewarding
2: seems a lot more like chilled as well like not as much like media speculation and stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you saw that pressure of day to, day, to day and game day um, isn't there anymore. And, and you know, that's, um, you know, that part definitely makes things easier. You know, I've, uh, a, the coach is a good friend of mine. And as I said, we've got sort of five or six boys that uh, come from South Rio as well. And, uh, and then another wide range of guys that I already knew there as well. And, you know, two sessions a week and then a game on a Saturday followed by a few beers was, you know, sort of perfect for yeah. me, you know. <laughs> Moving forward for the next you know, few years of my footy career. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, so we'll um, go into a bit of stuff about the uh, AFL grand final now. Yep. Um, so obviously it's Richmond, GWS, 230 bounce down over East. Um, so 12.30 start in Perth. Um, so we're all going to pick a, um, a winner here and an exact margin as well as a Norm Smith medalist. Um, so boys, who are we thinking? Um, well,
0: I think it's pretty hard not to bat the Tigers in this one. I mean, they've got the experience in the grand final obviously two years ago, making it there. Unlucky last year um, not to make it, obviously being beaten. But um, this year, yeah, pretty easy. Back them, probably about five, about 35 points, I'd say. 35, something something around there. North Smith medalist. um, Surprising one, but I'm going to go Dylan Grimes. Dylan Grimes.
2: He's had a good year. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go Richmond as well. I want GWS to win... um, but I just think they're gonna be too strong. And I know I said this last time about GWS versus Collingwood, but I think they'll just be too tired, Um, GWS. And yeah, I just feel Richmond will be too good. Um, I'm gonna say Richmond by 28 points. And I reckon Tom Lynch for the Norm Smith, he kicked five goals last week. So I reckon he's in good form, Norm Smith, I reckon.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with a bit of the upset. I think I'm going to go with the um, you know essentially the form team, which is GWS. I'm, I'm, everyone can say that about Richmond as well, but um, you know I think if they bring their pressure, you know they can match it with Richmond and um, you know and win by maybe a couple of goals. They've they've now performed on the big stage, you know in front of you know you know Collingwood in front of 90,000 Collingwood fans. So I think the um, the day won't, you know, get to him too much. You know, it, it won't yeah. be as bad as crowd as it would have been last week. You know, with all the corporate yeah. sponsors and everything on there, and they'll have a few bandwagon supporters this yeah. week, I think. So, um, and I'll be one of them. So, um, I'm going GWS in a little bit of an upset, and I'm going to go Toby Green for the Norm Smith. He's one of my favourites. So.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So I'll back um, the Tigers
1: in for this one. Um, just their pressure the last couple of weeks been pretty good, um, and GWS, I don't think I've got quite the experience on the big stage they've had a couple of um deep finals campaigns where they've gone deep the last couple of years but um i just don't think they can win um in their first time in a grand final so i think richmond by 22 um it should be close and i'll pick uh, tom lynch as well with six goals (laughs) on the day
2: yeah okay um so i've got the next segment in strife obviously we do it each week um Usually Noah's segment, but he's in Melbourne. Um, so how? Uh, yeah, any pretty much anyone who's in the sporting industry who's under the pump. Um, so the first one I've got is general AFL fan, fan saying that Fife isn't a deserving winner of the Brownlow Medal. He won by seven votes. He Missed three games and all Australian captain. I think people saying oh Cripp should have won. He was robbed and stuff. But I just oh. feel like Fife. Like even though I'm a Dockers supporter, like I just feel like he was. Deserving of it, yeah. two-time Brownlow mm. medalist, and no matter what, he's, he'll go down as a great of a game. So Yeah, well, you?
1: Cripps finished um, third anyway, so yeah. if Fife hadn't have won it, um, Crippa still wouldn't have won it, so yeah, don't yeah. know why they're all whinging. Well,
2: How, you picked the Bont and Pelly to win the Yeah, it,
1: well, I did, I did pick the Bont, but yeah, it was
0: a long way off, so that one didn't go to plan. But yeah, I reckon Fife did deserve it. I mean, there were a lot of deserving people to win the Brownlow, but, um, yeah, Fife just won it, had a good year, yeah. so, yeah.
2: Yep, so the next in I've got is Collingwood. Um, they wasted the perfect opportunity. They were versing GWS at home and they had the week off. So, um, yeah, I just feel like it was a wasted opportunity after, um, after last year's grand final loss. I thought they would have used that
1: heartbreak its sort of momentum to go the next step, but obviously not. Yeah, well, but as Buck said, it will be the hardest week of their lives because um, if GWS can get over the line this week, um, then they think, you know, oh, what could have been because um, they could probably beat richmond um so yeah it'll be hard for them to watch yeah. on this week
0: yeah
2: yeah um the next <laughs> instructor got his cow not showing up to support his t- peel thunder Colts off this off the stadium on sunday no, i believe it was the reason they lost oh i reckon that was a bit they harsh support, <laughs> a support bit the harsh. boys um, um
0: yeah they were close they
2: were they were 14 points up at three quarter kind of time i think it's like yeah, no, yeah, they so should not lose from here yeah but they did, it was very close, and there was a smother right at the end by one yeah. of the Claremont players that basically saved it for them. So,
1: Yeah, well, Peel have been uh, pretty good yeah. in the Colts this year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it would have been nice to see them over the line, but anything can happen on grand final day. Yeah. So um, It was a good yeah. game, though. Better than the yeah. last game, obviously. Yeah, no, really good to watch. Um, oh, coming down to the last couple of minutes, I think it was, what, 10 seconds to go or something yeah. when that smother happened, so yeah. really a, good to watch. There's
2: a few, like, I think, um, AFL prospects that... Probably get picked up in the, in both sides, so it was good to see some of the future stars. Yeah, well,
1: um, the Waffle Grand Final um, in the Colts is a perfect time for yeah, the young guys to show channel off. Channel Seven <laughs> show off their um, ability and how they can perform uh, on the high on the big yeah. stage.
2: And the last in strife I've got for this week is the AFL arc system. Um, it was clearly touched by Lockie Keefe um, when I think Josh Thomas kicked that goal. Um, I just don't think they should have got it wrong for what it was br- brought in for. It was brought in to stop these sort of things from happening, and um, they had so much technology. And Gillen McLaughlin released a statement, I think, the other day, saying, yeah, it was a mistake and um, it was wrong. But yeah. I just feel like, yeah, lucky GWS won because a lot of people would be talking about that if um, it went the other way. So. Yeah.
1: No, well, yeah. they, got the, um, they followed the procedure of doing it, um, but I think the score reviewer just didn't have enough... Yeah. There was, he wasn't um, absolutely certain that he could overturn the original decision, so I think that's why it stayed with it. Yeah, and there um, was one
0: earlier in the game, I think it was Pendlebury in the yeah. first or second quarter, it was pretty much the exact same thing. They, they got that one right, because it was clearly touched by, I think, two or three GWS players' hands, and same as the Josh Thomas yeah, one. Yeah, well, so. lucky
2: got so much technology now, because back in the old, like, not even older days, it's like... Ten years ago, there wasn't as much technology as there is now. I remember um, that grand final; Tom Hawkins hit the post from like the right front. They gave
1: it a goal. So, yeah. Now uh, you got to back the umpires yeah. <laughs> So, we'll jump into the Q and A now. Um, so we've put a sticker up on our Instagram. Um, we just surpassed three hundred followers today, yeah. which is good. Congrats, boys! Yeah, cheers. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're starting to gain on the Instagram scene. So, first one coming in from uh, Ollie Dot Uh What AFL club did you go for growing up as a kid?
3: I went for the Kangaroos, actually. Ooh, yeah, okay. Um, bit left field, but I just um, I loved Wayne Carey and Anthony Stevens yeah, and Shannon Grant, and they were obviously pretty strong back in the day yeah. um, when I was growing up between sort of. Uh, the late 90s and early 2000s and and yeah I was a really big kangaroos fan then um I did start following freeman or sort of you know through that stage as well but I wasn't a hu- wasn't a huge fan but I really loved the kangaroos um through those early stages no
0: that's good right next question from um Liam o- Liam
3: Clarko 6
0: if you could change one rule from the AFL what would it be gee that's a good question
3: uh, I could change one rule it would probably be the um the latest one that they brought in with the starting positions, six, I'm a bit six, of a traditionalist six, and, yeah. Yeah. you know, the game's been fine for so long and, yeah. you know, I think they overreact a little bit with rules, uh, the mm, AFL. Love to change. Yeah, they? and, I, you know, I think things were fine beforehand and uh, if you really look at it, has it changed anything that much, you know, Ooh. maybe a little bit with the late scoring, but yeah. um, I, think, I think it was fine just the way it was and it, and it creates a bit of a... Um, a little bit of a sort of chess game with you. Know, if you put one back, well, then, you know, does the coach you know, bring him, you know, a, a man him up or leave him or, or do you use that spare yeah. in a different way as well? So, you know, it, it's just sort of um, dumbed the game down a little bit, I think, which didn't need to happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it so, just makes the game a little bit more um, easier to score in the late minutes. So, you know, if you yeah, get a goal with it, 30 seconds left, um, you get a centre
3: close you get a, it's you get a, a second well, It's chance the excitement to, yeah.
2: of the game as well, like where you can put number back or you can throw someone forward. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, no, yeah. I agree. Um, so obviously going off um, your Bulldogs that unfortunately lost uh, 96 points to Subi and they went back to back. Um, at Vela Longer asks, what do you think of how much Subiaco dominates in the waffle? Do you think there needs to be changes before the continued dominance rapidly decreases the interest in the waffle?
3: Um, yeah, well, I was out there on Sunday and I uh, was disappointed to see um, the boys go down in, you know, in, in the fashion they did. But I think a bit of... Um, you know, congratulations! Then to go to Subiaco, and you know everyone I speak to at, at the footy club and uh, people I know that have been through Subiaco um, through strength and conditioning or uh, players. You know they they run a really tight ship, and you know they they train like AFL standard day in day out, and their standards are a lot higher than any other waffle team. And you know, and that's you know that's a proven fact. And you can see by the way they run, train, play that you know they are above and beyond any other waffle team. And yeah. You know, maybe it's more about, you know, the other teams catching up to them, unfortunately. Yes, they've got some good players, but, you know, you put their list against other lists, you know, no disrespect to them, but, you know, they've all got, they've got good players, they've got, you know, standard players and they've got, you know, role players like every team does, you know, and, you know, they just they just do it a lot better. So, you know, I think, you know, some teams got to maybe look at, you know, lifting their standards as well. Yeah, there's no reason to punish a
1: club if they're just... Working yeah. harder and outperforming the other side.
2: Yeah, we spoke with obviously our former guests Angus Livington and Harry Marsh, and they just said that you know they're so well drilled, and that's why the success because they just have such high standards. Yeah, so absolutely.
3: It. Yep, I agree.
1: Yeah. So, so this next one from uh, Shannon Hearn fans um, on Instagram: What advantage or disadvantage does the West Coast Reserve side have to the Waffle Comp? I am an East Perth supporter, wanting to know other people's thoughts. Mm. Uh, well,
3: so. To the comp. Uh, well, the disadvantage is probably now that the um, poor East Perth have you know they they yeah. came in and took on the Eagles, which was great. and I think it helped them financially for a while, but now they're in a bit of an issue where they've got no fans anymore. They've got yeah. no players, and um, and they're in a bit of a interesting spot for the next couple of years. You know what they're going to do with recruiting and and obviously gaining back their fans that they've you know lost in the um, you know the last few years. Uh, for for the waffle, I don't think it's or there too much you know unfortunately well for- unfortunately they've got those teams that they need reserves teams in and, and i was over in melbourne and having a reserves team from an afl club i think helps you know those afl teams and um yes peel dominated for a couple of years there but yeah. they had some really good waffle players as well yeah. it was a mix of both and and you know and eagles finished i think fourth or fifth this year and um and made one final two finals and you know, they weren't the dominant figure like that anyone was worried about anyway yeah. so i don't think it's too much of a disadvantage on the waffle i think it's more just uh east person a bit of a yeah. um, you know a bit of a pickle now for a couple of years and how they can get themselves out of that
1: yeah
0: yep all uh, right so next question from griffin smith 1810 do you think richmond
3: will pick marlon pickett this weekend uh i don't i don't i'd love i'd love him to play um football. but i can't see them picking him i think know they don't need to take a big risk like that i don't think richmond you know they held out two guys in the vfl on the weekend so i would think they're before marlon yeah and then and then it's maybe the case after that so i I know they need to make one change um but i would think um mcintosh or jack ross would probably go in before him and then maybe there's sydney stack and um you know all those guys and i think maybe only broad would be the other change if you can't get up yeah so, you know, I'd love to see it, but I don't I don't think his day will come this week, unfortunately. No, yeah.
1: it's not often that, um, you know, a kid debuts in an AFL no, it's final. A, so it's a bit risky, I think, know, these days. Yeah. I mean, with
3: Richmond being the hot favourites, I can't see them taking yeah. a risk like that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. so the next one is from fc 19 What was your favourite game? I think it's AFL.
3: As in my yeah. game, a playing uh, game yeah. I played in? Yeah. Oh, gee. Favourite game playing. I'd say probably my debut, I think, you know, I played in front of about... 80 to 85,000 fans against Carlton at the MCG and we both were undefeated at that stage it was early in the year like around four or five and um, and it was just a huge buzz to the day um, for being you know, two big clubs undefeated at that stage of the year and um, a lovely Saturday afternoon and yeah the crowd was just unbelievable and to, uh, we had a good win and yeah you I know, got a few kicks there as well so I'd say that probably is the one that comes to mind the most and then um, probably come over here and play in Perth as well against Frio one day on a Saturday night, um, and we had a good win as well. You know, so that,
2: when you came back, but like it was, I don't know if it was this game. I'm thinking about it, but That was like a game it was like 40 points, 30 points. You came nah, back. that was a year after. I didn't. I
3: missed that one. Yeah. But yeah, no, this one was pretty even all night, and then we got away with the win. So I think uh, Big Mick Hurley kicked six or seven this day, um, and yeah, we had a good win. So that was that was enjoyable as well. Yeah. So this next one coming in from uh, Sean Buick. Hi
1: Corey, big fan. I'm preparing for an upcoming season of AFL Nines. What advice can you give me around diet and professionalism, as I know this is one of your strong points? Thanks,
3: Sean Buick. Right, uh, a, a little pointer for him would probably be just getting the kick. I'd say, going <laughs> on his recent form, um, and besides that, you know, probably just you know disposal as well, and making sure the target of um, AFL Nines, because if a turnover, we know it goes back the yeah. other way. So, uh, and. In, Terms of diet. Well, Sean's got one of the worst diets I've ever seen, and it's unbelievable. So, just continue eating his red rooster. I'd say he'll <laughs> be fine. I've never seen a guy that can eat red rooster on the way home from training every night after training. That's <laughs> right, uh,
0: for you. Next question are from Two Googs. Hi, Corey. First-time caller, long-time listener. Do you think it was
3: an advantage growing up in Italy? Please reply. K. Thanks. Another one of my former teammates there um, <laughs> sending a question in. Uh, it was an advantage growing up in Italy, and you know I had Adam with me. He's another Italian, so he's uh, um, a bit of a closet Italian and likes to sort of give it but not a receiver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, he's he's a very strong Italian uh, from a big Italian family. So um, yeah, no, I was it was good fun growing up in Italy with Adam.
2: And uh, the last one we got here for the Q and A is from at das underscore twenty three. Hi Corey, huge fan do you think your delisting from South Fremantle helped them reach the grand final this year? Um, also, would you rather fight one horse-sized Craig White or ten Bandicoot-sized Craig Whites? Uh,
3: a current teammate of mine in DAS 23. Um, my current delisting from South Fremantle probably did may help them reach the grand final, to be honest, because they brought in a few young guys that actually put on a bit of pressure, and a Brandon few of us Robinson. weren't doing that at this stage. So, um, yeah, you know, he's probably right about that. And... I don't know, maybe maybe one horse-sized Craig White because he's pretty slow old Craig White, so I think I'd back myself in against one instead of the ten. Yeah. Is, is this Darf's guy good at footy? Or? He's all right, but he's claim to fame as being best mates with Jeremy McGovern, so <laughs> that's all he runs off, really. But he did play with us at Kern-Wesley. leadership he, player. He was, he was one of the last picked. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's done for the Q&As for this grand final edition.
1: So, yeah, we'll uh, jump into the sports quiz now. Um, yeah. So, how this is going to work? Best of five questions. Yep. Uh, say your name to answer, um, and we should have a winner at the end. Right. So, first question: Who are the only two Brownlow medalists to win a Norm Smith in the same season? Cow. Yep. Um, Dustin Martin and Nathan Buckley. Oh, no. Not incorrect. Dustin
2: D-Dustin Martin. Yeah, oh, Dustin,
3: Martin's one. One. yeah Dustin Martin's one. Gee, gee, you've got me on the spot here. Brownlow and Norm Smith. In yeah, in the same season. season.
1: Same season. There's only two of them, Dustin Martin and someone else.
3: Any hints?
0: Yeah, give us a hint, surely. Um,
1: was it, it, yeah,
3: right? yeah. it post 2000? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah.
2: according to sources, so if this is wrong, <laughs> <laughs> the Wikipedia.
3: I'm, I can't help you, I don't know. Um, Jeez, Norm Smith, great player of the modern era. <laughs> still playing? Y- yeah. yeah, still playing. Haven't got long playing. left. Oh. Right, changes my Victorian one. Club. <laughs> Victorian Club. Victorian <laughs> Club. Gee, hang on. Brownlow and Norm Smith. Victorian Club. Yeah, <laughs> I've
2: got no clue. He's an old like
3: an old, old boy. Yeah, Older boy. <laughs> Just about to retire. Who's won a bloody Brownlow? No, I can't. I, I don't have it. A...
1: Cal, you want to have a crack or you don't know? Got no clue. Uh, it was Dusty and um, Gary Ablett Jr.
2: Oh. Gary all Rennolson? I think so. But that's what oh. yeah. I don't <laughs> think he did. Sources. I don't that's think what... he did. But Buckley, I'll tell you, you were close to Buckley. He won the Brownlow in two thousand. Three, but Norm Smith doesn't, too. Yeah. So oh. it's like a year off. Okay. So we'll call that a draw, that one. Just personal yep. questions. In
1: what season did Essendon win their last final? Corey. Yep. 2000. No.
0: Um, it's
1: like mid cow 2004? Yeah, correct. Was yeah. that against Freo? No. Oh, doesn't have the opponent. Oh. The not sure, but
0: yeah, it was like.
2: That's I remember that kept saying ago. Final ah. series. All right, third
1: all right. question. One, Who won Essendon's best and fairest in twenty eighteen?
2: It's a surprise.
1: Devon Smith. <gasps> yep. Oh one all. Oh. One one. How many questions is that? There? Ah, oh, there's five, so two left. Alrighty. How many times has Subiaco midfielder and former Gold Coast son Cal Horsley came runner up in the Sandover medal? Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was three. Two one oh, so be Alright, you gotta get this to level Kobe it up, Cal. Alright, this is a who am I question. I currently play for the Richmond Tigers. In the grand final of twenty seventeen, in only my fifth game, I kicked three goals. Jack Graham. Yep, Jack Graham, Corey wins three one. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> Congratulations to Corey. He did too. He's, so. yeah. he's out for this yeah. Tagged, yeah. Shut down Crow star uh, Rory Sloane. Yeah. Um, and he wears the number 34. Not a bad fifth yeah. game. Yeah. No, no. no yeah, so really he, really had more,
2: he, he had more so wins before. than... Um, no, he had more premierships than losses because he didn't lose a game, so he had one premiership and two losses.
3: It's <laughs> hard to come back to pre-season
1: after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A bit while you are ahead. Yep. No. So yeah. G- congratulations, Corey. No I mean, one. No, not absolutely. special guests. Keep doing well. Yeah, not really a hard task to, to beat Cal at a sports quiz. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah. One so we'll wrap it up there. Um. Thanks, Corey, for coming on. No dramas, boys. Uh, we really it. appreciate it. Um. And thanks to Cal and Ethan for joining us in the no studio. No worries. Um. So coming up uh, after the grand final, we'll probably have one more week of uh, the Centre Square yep. podcast, and then. Um, we'll start doing the centre wicket yeah. uh, episode. So, into cricket, um, we've been in touch with a couple of WA um, and BBL players. So, stay tuned for that. Um, keep up t- to date on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, and yeah, you've been listening to Centre Square Podcast on Sport FM ninety one point three, your football headquarters. Hope you've enjoyed our show. Thanks for your company, and see you next time.